This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Oak Road Hatter Podcast. I am Billy Mully and once again I'm joined by Stephen over on Zoom. Stephen, how are you today, mate? A bit bored because I'm not working at the moment and football's been cancelled below National League, so got nothing to do at the moment. So a bit bored, but other than that, I'm all right. Yeah, I guess with the international break as well, sort of causing more boredom and we're sort of counting down now the days until we're back in action. It's been one of those sort of weeks where we've just sort of come to expect to be playing football and it's, it's weird to know what to do with this sort of week off of not watching Luton and not getting frustrated by... Oh, I would say yeah. that we have been decent recently. It's been one of our better spells of the season. So, yeah, I'll, I'll retract that comment about being frustrated because it's been quite enjoyable recently. But Yeah, it has been and... I think the break will do us well. I mean, I hope it doesn't doesn't uh, mess up our momentum, but I think it should do us well because there was a lot of games, as we said, like so many games, and a break will do us well. Yeah, definitely, and yeah, we'll we'll get into that fully in a sec. But here's what we've got coming up today. Firstly, we discussed the Preston victory and their subsequent sacking of Alex Neil before discussing the free polls from Twitter. We're also going to look at what remains of this season and what the objectives will be going into the next. To finish, we will look ahead to the Derby game on April the 2nd, which feels miles away at this point, but I'm sure it'll come right around and it'll be April before we know it. But we'll head straight into the three points at Deepdale, Stephen, and I'm probably going to ask you about this more so because I follow messed up for me and I couldn't watch the first 45 minutes, but... We look, we look resolute at the back. We attack with purpose, and it's all we could really ask for, really. Yeah, I, I didn't really have any complaints. I thought 
I remember thinking at half time, this is this is gonna be one of those annoying one-nil losses like the Swansea game where we play well but we get nothing from it. Um first half, yeah, we looked solid and I, I had no complaints really. I was just thinking we need we just need a goal. And then it's ours for the taking. Because even after that goal, it looked like we well, even before the goal, we probably could have added another couple at least. Yeah, we're we're looking good in attack now. Obviously, not being clinical was a bit of a frustration, but obviously the one goal got us the win. But you know, with Nombay and just a few chances here and there being squandered and just not not doing well enough with the chances, it sometimes is very frustrating. But as I said, like I was, I didn't really have many complaints, and we got the win, so definitely can't complain. And that confirmed the double over Preston, of course, but they looked a team with problems, didn't they? And I think it was sort of a gentle reminder of how quickly things can change in this division because 12 months ago, they were fighting for a playoff place. Yeah, exactly. And it, if I was a Preston fan, I'd be disappointed to see that, that kind of fall. But it's, it is this league is brutal. And luckily, we're on the other end of it. We 12 months ago, we were fighting for survival and, you know, easily could have gone down. And now we're safe and Preston, are, you know, on the opposite end of they were doing well, fighting for a promotion. And then suddenly they're, you know, they're, they could they could be dragged into a relegation battle. I don't see it happening really. But yeah, it, it's just, as I said, if I was a Preston fan, I'd be disappointed with that sort of fall. And... With that as well, it was it was a brilliant team performance, but if we're going to have to pick out one man, we've got to talk about Pelly because he was phenomenal, weren't he? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are saying Naismith should have had, you know, that was as good as Pelly, but I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm a Pelly fanboy, so I'm going to say Pelly all day was the man of the match and he was he was brilliant. I, I think it was one of his best, best games this season. It just almost did nothing wrong. And if he did do something wrong, there was almost a bit of a like, more of a drive for him to rectify it. You know, when you see Glenn Ray put a pass wrong, he's almost instantly on the player and winning the ball back. It seemed as if Pelly was, you know, he had drive to make sure that any mistakes that he made were rectified. That is brilliant to see, really, because yeah, that that's been the problem with Pelly in the past. It's been his reaction to things and carelessly giving the ball away, but rectifying those two simple things, and that was just. A performance that if any clubs are watching for him over the summer then they're going to be very impressed aren't they yeah exactly i mean i don't want people watching him i, I don't want to see him ever leave luton if there's comes a time where he has to then obviously it'll be a sad time but i'll be be happy to let him go if it's the right move but i wouldn't want to see him go because he's he's just if he i mean as we always say been saying for what six seven years <laughs> If he if he keeps that sort of level of performance up, he he can be one of our best players. And he can go down in history, can't he? he can, if he takes us, not not single-handedly take us, but if he is part of that squad that takes us from the conference to the Premier League, and what a story that would be, and what he, surely he'll have to go down as one of the greats. Yeah, it, he will. And it, you know, a modern modern day um legend and I don't think there's many other players that could say they've gone from conference to the Premier League if if we get there with him. 
hopefully, if we ever get promoted, he's still in the squad, even if he's a 35-year-old that plays two games a season and is part of the coaching staff. You know, he, I'd want to see it because I don't think there will be many players that have gone from conference to Premier League with one team and played in every league as well. You've got players that have made the jump to, you know, from conference to League One to Championship to Premier League and all that, but you won't get the story where you go from conference to Premier League often. Because with Pelly as well, it's never as if he's started a season brilliantly. He's always had to work his way into the new division, if that makes sense. He's never hit the ground running in a particular division. He's worked his way into it and then ended ended sort of whatever division we are in brilliantly. Yeah, I mean, I remember sometimes in League Two, I think uh, out of the few seasons that we were in there, um, he he would end, sometimes he'd end the strongly, sometimes he'd end it a bit off the pace. And we'd think, if he goes for a bit of money, we'll take it. But I'm also glad that he didn't. And yeah, he's he does grow into these. But I, I think he started seasons like quite good before. And then around winter time, he sort of drops off and suddenly, you know, he doesn't get into the team. And then, and then he just comes back and we need, we need, you know, some goals in April. And, you know, I remember a few, I think it was in League Two, he would just change the game for us. And there was, there was a time where we you know, promotion in 2017. Yeah. I think it was 2017, 2018. Yeah. Um, in, season, yeah. In, in April, I just remember him completely changing a few of the games at the end of the season. And, you know, we had that teeny bit of worry that we might drop out of the promotion race and finish in the playoffs. But he, he you know, changed it and it was brilliant. Yeah, because I'd, I'd seen some, I don't know who posted, somebody posted a, a really good video on Twitter the other day of, all of his, I don't know if it was all of his goals, because there was a couple in the championship that I think they missed, but showed all his goals and he scored some bangers for us. It's just, it's brilliant to see because you forget how good some of those goals were. Yeah, the quality of the goals has always been good and the importance of them as well. I think he's he's a sometimes a big game player. Obviously, sometimes he can go missing, but as, I, as I've been saying, I think like when you need him, he's he's there. When you know, sometimes he might not be, but that's the that's the funny thing with Pelly. He, it's whether he wants to be there or not. It's his ground. It's his decisions. It's it's all Pelly's decision there. Yeah, and, which is not something that is the best thing, but obviously, the way he's been for us, and you know, I can't go from bigging him up to then saying that he's a bit of a, he's not great for his mentality, but you know, I, I'll always love him and. He's brilliant for us. I think we'll allow it because of what he has done and what he's continuing to do for us. And the yeah. next thing I was going to go on to was the three polls. I'll bring them forward a little bit this week just because I think it's only sort of natural with what we've got coming up as well. But the first one we put up was about Tom Lockyer and we initially put this up when well, it hadn't been announced that he picked up another injury for Wales. So we thought he was fit enough to... to sort of carry on when we got back from the international break. But we put, does Lockyer, sorry, walk straight back into our starting lineup? And 83% of people put yes, with 17% putting no, which was to us a clear indicator of how much us Luton fans lock, uh, value him, sorry. But for me, 
I don't know if I fully agree with this because he's been a victim of it himself. But Nathan Jones doesn't tend to pick somebody straight away. They have to earn their place. They have to work their sort of, sort of work their way back into the squad, prove themselves. And there might be a couple of exceptions with Adebayo and um, Kian and Jewsbury Hall, but mainly sort of with Morel, with Nombe, with obviously Lockyer himself. That's what tends to happen, really. The thing with with me for the, the, the Lockyer going straight back into the squad is, at the moment, we've got a makeshift defence, but it's working. It's, it's working. I'm like, obviously, I agree that he should go straight back into the squad. But at the same time, like, do you change? Why, why fix something that's broken? Like, that, that's not broken. Um, I, I, I'd love. I, I want him back in the squad, like, instantly. And obviously, I, I, I expect him to go straight back into the squad once the um, international break is over. But we look good as a defensive unit. We sometimes look a bit you know, out of place with Naismith and Pearson and everyone like in the back, like Clark making up a makeshift defence, but you can't say that it's not working. So I'm I'm in agreement that he should go straight in the squad, but at the same time, like I I see the argument for not going straight back in the squad because obviously he's got to earn his place again, gain the trust, but he's already got that trust with Nathan Jones and I think as I as I've said like a few times now, repeating myself. Why, why fix something that's not broken? It's yeah, working. So. Yeah. Exactly that, because it, it has been good. Pearson, especially, I think, has stepped up massively this season. He was he struggled last year, and sort of when Carter Vickers came in, he, he lost his place for a fair bit, and rightly so, because we improved and under uh, Nathan Jones when he came back. We, were, we ended the season brilliantly, and that sort of seemed when Lockyer came in, like the end of Matty Pearson for me, but he's reacted to that really well. Playing in right back, playing centre back, he's his normal position. He's just proven that we don't necessarily need him, but at the same time, he can do the job when called. Yeah. Technically speaking, he's got better. I know he still likes that punt up the ball, uh, punt up the pitch, sorry, but he's, he's a better player on the ball now. He's yeah, he a, looks a lot more confident than what he did last season it, yeah, under, yeah. under Graham. And I think he's he's seen this opportunity with, with Bradley and Lockyer out that he's he's got to step it up. And it's again again, like this makeshift defense, like he looks good in it. Like sometimes next to Bradley or Lockyer, like he might look a little bit dodgy because they they both just look so calm and collected under under pressure. Whereas Pearson's a bit of a, oh, I'm under pressure. Let me just smash the ball up or, or put it to someone that can do something. He doesn't. Sometimes he didn't want to be on the ball, but now he he looks good and he sort of trusts Naismith. He trusts Clark. He trusts Bree. You know, we've got a. It's it's not completely conventional, but it works for all of them. And I think Pearson looks good with, with those those four. Because it was never the defensive Three. side of things that worried us. It was never his ability um, sort of defending. It was always him on the ball. And if he turned back to play to the keeper or if he was received the ball in a high-pressure scenario, we would be bricking it as fans. But he's 
he's sort of turned things around in that respect. I think playing under Nathan Jones and well, because under Graham Jones, it was all about playing from the back at every given yeah. possibility. And that was sort of the downfall to a few of the easy goals we conceded. We still like to play football from the back now under Nathan Jones, but it's, it's knowing the right time and place to, to sort of mess around with the yeah. ball at the back. And I that's think- that we've grown into and we've got we've sort of achieved that balance I think the kind of difference between Graham and Nathan is Graham had his his way of playing and it was that way or no way whereas Nathan Jones gives off that sort of vibe but he I think he understands the players better and he he knows he's got to play to the players strengths as well as find a system that works like striking the balance as you said and I think he's obviously found that for Matty Pearson again. He had it, you know, back in League What, like the the first um, part of the season for League One, and he he knows the players, and he he, he um, yeah. I think that's the difference between Graham and Nathan is that Graham had his this set way of playing, and Nathan knows where the balance is between playing his style and playing to the players' strengths. Whereas you know. Graham just wanted his, it was his way or no way. And I mean, that's the brilliant thing about Nathan is that he knows that his style can work, but you know, he wants the players to play to a certain way, but he knows that he can't do that too much and put the players under too much pressure. He wants them to play to their strengths. And I think that's why we're defensively more solid, but he's, you know, he says to the, probably says to the players, like, play to your strengths, not to just my style. And he, he knows the balance between it. Yeah, exactly that. And I think that's turned into more of um, something about Pearson and Nathan Jones than our initial query about um, Tom Lockyer. But I'm sure <laughs> that will lead to a conversation or a poll about Pearson and Nathan Jones in the future. But moving on exactly. to the second poll of the week, it was, will you be watching any of the upcoming international matches? And 46% of you put yes, with 54% at no which I found quite interesting because, of course, we're playing teams like San Marino and Albania, I think it is, who we could probably beat. But at the same time, it's a good opportunity to see these players ahead of Euros, which is already overhyped because it was we missed it last year. And I think it, everybody's ready for a national tournament, international tournament, sorry, but... At the same time, I can see, yeah, the the calibre of opponent that we've got coming up is just laughable, really. San Marino, who are pretty much all part-time. And, of course, it would be brilliant for them playing teams like England. We'll bring that into it, teams like England. But at the same time, yeah, we've got, got a talented squad who should ease past that without any problems whatsoever. Yeah, I... Um... I'm, I'm not surprised by the poll, really. As you said, the calibre of uh, opposition isn't too high. And in the last five or so years, I've just seen, you know, online, like the interest for England matches outside of international tournaments has just dropped completely because I think maybe it was the 2016 Euros that sort of just kind of ruined it. Like, I think after that, I stopped watching friendlies for a while. I've now got back into it because I'm like, there's England playing and there's football, I might as well watch it. But for a while, 
obviously we were not doing too well and you know i can see that why that probably turned a lot of people away from watching on tv because it's it's nice being there i've been to a few england matches for friendlies and um qualifiers and all that and it's good being there i've loved it but watching on tv just isn't the same it's just sort of if you're not playing too much and you're expecting to win then you know it's hard to watch it as a as a fan and be completely interested the whole time so yeah i'm not yeah. I'm really not surprised by the poll yeah because it's it's not just england as well just looking at the statistics from um from this podcast the other day we've actually got international fans never thought i'd say that but we've actually got people listening in from um scandinavia we've got we even have one in america i thought oh wow that's good <laughs> must be doing something right but yeah um it's not just england that we should be concerned with because obviously we've got well we, we've ourselves we've got three international players that should they feature if slug features it'd be quite interesting to switch over the channel watch yeah. a bit of whoever croatia have got um if james collins gets the nod which I don't know if he will, but I, I don't think Ireland have the best attacking options still, so he could get the call. And then Morel, yeah. Morel had been fancied. He was playing at the start of the season. I know in September he played a couple of games, but I don't know if that was through a few other injuries. But it'll be interesting yeah. to see if any of them feature. Because obviously, that those, I think, well, Collins and Morel haven't been getting much football recently. At club yeah, level. exactly. I think I'll, with, with the obviously the interest of our games i think i wouldn't be surprised if some Luton fans are more more tailor, more um likely to watch our players playing for you know wales or or you know watch clones play and yeah i wouldn't be surprised if if people were more interested in watching that than watching england because i mean i tweeted out the other day that i'm interested in watching england because i'm obviously as i said euros coming up now I'm I'm excited to see you know how we might play and what players we might play and I'm getting really excited for the Euros but again it's not the most interesting. No, I <laughs> I'll, I'll hope I'll, I'll probably be if um if I can I'll probably watch the Wales game to see the players play if if they do play and if Collins plays as well. Yeah, because obviously Lockyer now has been well it's returned to um, Kenilworth Road because of. Has he, has he actually completely returned? So I read that yeah. he was not going to like play this week, but I didn't know that he left. I've, I've read, but I'm not, I'm not, have, not entirely sure where, so it could be complete rubbish. But I, I read something that he had returned to Luton. But at the same time, yeah, that could have just been something I read on Twitter. But yeah, see. That, that's a good thing for us as well. If Lockyer returns, that is a he can sort of have uh, training uh, uh, sort of with us and we've seen at the start of the season how the international break sort of affected us we had quite a few with Reese Norrington Davis added to that at the start of the season so yeah yeah that's sort yeah, of just season a bit just seeing that um Wells FA has said that both Ben Davies and Tom Lockyer have uh, withdrawn from the squad so yeah he has returned because I remember seeing like the headline that they were ruled out of um, Wales World Cup qualifier qualifier against Belgium, but not that they'd actually return. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. That, it's good that Lockyer will get a, a good rest as well, and be, hopefully be fresh for when we um when we restart. 
Yeah, and then the third poll we put out was it was a it's a bit of a strange one because I don't know how people sort of took it. I I put should fin- uh, finishing in the top ten become our new objective, and I think some people thought that meant for next season. Some people thought that that we're doing so well this season that that shouldn't happen. But I sort of meant that as in because we're in this 13th position now, we've got a little bit of time to reflect on things. We're only two points off Millwall in second and with a game in hand. Surely that should become a short-term objective. Millwall in second or Millwall in 10th? Millwall in 10th. Yeah, you said Millwall in second. Oh, dear. <laughs> I wish we were in here second. <laughs> what disgusting yellow, what a uh, lot are, um, <laughs> not me all, but yeah, I'll say two points off of uh, 10th. Yeah, I'd... what were the numbers for the poll? What was it again? 84 agreed, yeah, 80 so, agreed, yeah, so that's a yeah. big, big majority again. Yeah, I I think obviously it's, it should be an objective, but I, I, I can see why. Um, Jones and Harford may may not put that sort of pressure on the players because we've obviously achieved our goal now and I think it'll be a matter of maybe getting the squad prepared for next season rather than rather than you know trying to push on for this season but I can understand why they might set a little goal for the players so I remember Jones likes to set like points goals well I assume that they might have set like a 50, 50 point goal for the season and you know, now that we've got it with nine games to go, you know, he might set another one for maybe 60. So, yeah. Um, and the poll... We're playing know. with confidence, aren't we? We're, we're a team that are deserved of... Well, sort of, I think we deserve to be in the top half from playing every team now. We've played, of course, we've played everyone because we're coming to the end of the season. But in the balance of things, I think we're one of the... I wouldn't say one of the better sides in the division, but I'd definitely say there's a good few teams that are worse than us. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are probably worse than us. And I think we've just got momentum now and we're we're looking good. And, I, I, you know, I can't see why we can't finish top half, but at the same time, I'm not going to be upset if we don't. And a, a good little but stat if- that I found was that finishing night four above would be our best, finish in a table would be the highest position in the football pyramid since when we were relegated from the old first division in the 99 uh, 91-92 season sorry when just before the Premier League started so that that would be some achievement wouldn't it really yeah yeah I, I'm, I hope I read that right because I was I was buzzing when I saw that I thought this is a brilliant opportunity to just just for the yeah. story just for the story of it all, because we we finished tenth in, I think it was oh five oh six. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we finished quite high on the table then. Yeah, I thought we were like just to be able to play us, but yeah, tenth. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense then. Would be it would be brilliant, but again, it's not it's not an objective as to say, oh, if we don't do that, then we'll be disappointed because just surviving relegation is is good enough. And yeah. anything past that is obviously a bonus. Yeah, exactly. And next season, it'll be not only staying away from relegation battle, but, you know, pushing on for, you know, as as 
So there was a bit of confusion with uh, whether it should be this season or next season. I think next season we should definitely be pushing to finish at least 10th or at least 12th or above. Even that, even 12th or above is still, I'd, I'd just take a, another comfortable season where it's sort of in between that 12th to 16th position where we're not in any immediate danger of relegation and just keep building up as quite a, pe- quite a lot of people said in the end, just keep building up until we've got power court. Just yeah. Imagine that, just, just everything will just feel so relaxed once we've got power court, once from a financial perspective, because it's going to cost a lot of money, power court. So yeah, exactly. Once we get to that position where from a financial perspective, we're at a decent level because if we went up now, say if we went up sort of next couple of seasons, we just wouldn't be able to sustain that, would we? It could. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I I think under Jones, we sort of could sustain it if his, you know, recruitment is right, which, you know, him and Harford have never really recruited wrong. So with them, I I'm confident that we can sustain it. And I was just the only way I'd say we can't is if, you know, every club from, you know, that should be finishing 12th and above was completely bankrolled and they could afford, you know, 20, 30k a week on players. And we were, you know, still paying players like 2k a week and all that, then, you know, obviously we can't really sustain it. But I think smart recruitment is the way to go and I think that could help us as well you never know we might see Adebayo leave for a good few million in the next few years if he carries on doing well I can't see why the Premier League club wouldn't come in for him and you know that could give us some finances to where you know put that into you know a bit of a a stronger squad for pushing for you know top 10 finish and just on sort of the topic and just quickly about what remains of the end of the season um, just what we've got left is, I think, I think it's just nine games now. And obviously we've got Derby um, first before hosting Barnsley and then traveling to Wickham and Derby, a team that find themselves in the relegation battle, obviously Wickham have been in, Pretty much, they've been relegated from from the get go, really. So, yeah. is it about showing dominance in these sort of games and making sure that we look as sort of preparing ourselves for next year by sort of finishing these teams off? Yeah, we we definitely need to. We need to get the confidence that we can we can, you know, get wins from these sort of games. Obviously, beating Preston again was obviously they were. You know, as you said, look a team in trouble, but beating them was a brilliant win, really, because it's they're supposed to be quite a strong championship side, and obviously beating Derby again. Don't like to say we should do, but with the form they're in and the form we're in, we should be looking at winning that. Barnsley, I'm not confident for that one because they're sitting they're sitting fifth in on 64 points. And you know why? I don't. I don't see us really being able to beat them. Maybe a draw or something. Maybe we can, you know, not say get lucky, but you know, hopefully we can beat them. But with a team, you know, that's in good form like that, I'm I'm not too confident that we're going to beat them. And then Wickham as well. We need to 
need to really beat them. Yeah, let's talk not. about um, Gareth Ainsworth taking the Preston job as well. So yeah. if, that, if that was to materialise, that'd be something that would be. I don't. I think that would be not devastating for them because I think they're going to be a League One side anyway next year. But he has done a lot of good for that club. So if he is to, he does, and he deserves it another shot at the championship I think he's a he's a real yeah. manager that's earned his chance to be in the championship this year and I think he he deserves another shot with a club that's got a little bit more of a financial backing yeah I was talking about this with someone earlier today and we I was saying that it's kind of a no-brainer for both teams Preston probably need a manager that can work with a lower budget because I've seen a lot of Preston, I've seen a few Preston fans saying that their managers don't really get given a budget by the board. They they get, you know, obviously they can get a, they can pay a little bit more for the wages than what obviously Wickham can or, you know, maybe Rotherham and smaller clubs in the division. Um, and obviously they're going to want someone that can work well with that. And same time Wickham going Back down into League One, probably almost certainly they they might want to go in a different direction to Ainsworth as well. They might think this is a you know he's done what he can do with us. We could sort of you know build build on this and you know say quite a happy goodbye to Ainsworth because I don't think anyone expected them to stay up. And I assume he's probably not feeling too upset with not being able to keep him up either. And I think why not why not you know say goodbye now and do what, probably what's best for all parties, really. Preston want a good manager that can work with a smaller budget. Ainsworth want to stay in the championship, and why shouldn't he? And Wickham can, can move in a different direction as well. Yeah, Maybe, we, you know, be a we, bit we of a new era have, for the club. We potentially have the opportunity to to relegate Wickham as well, which could be quite a quite a big thing come, I think it's the 10th of April. I think if... I think, I think I'd quite enjoy that, I'm not going to lie. Relegating Wickham, that would be quite a, a nice thing to do. Yeah, but relegating Wickham or derailing Watford's promotion push, what, what, oh, what, what is he? It's got to be. If, if, I think I saw a tweet the other day um, saying if if we could, if we lost every one of the next four games, but we beat Watford, it, it's a no-brainer, take it. Like, I'm, yeah. I just want to beat Watford now. Yeah, I think that's, that's another thing at the end of the season. I, I just want to beat Watford. Yeah, if we if we only got like maybe seven more points and three of them were Watford, I'd be I'd be happy. Yeah, and after those three games, it is Watford and Reading next, who are both battling for promotion. They're both within the top six. Watford, obviously, second at the moment, and yeah. it's quite hard to read into that game as well because we know from derbies that form goes completely out the window. So it's quite difficult yeah. to judge what Luton team will turn up on the day. What Watford team would turn up on the day but without without fans there again then yeah it might be quite similar to how things have been going I don't think they feel that dark yeah. pressure like they would at a full uh, Kenworth Road you know what thinking about it it's, it's, it's getting me nervous not going to lie because I'm looking at their form right now five wins the last five games they're looking a bit scary as well but I'm just hoping that they lose their momentum after after this break and we keep ours and we can, you know, I mean, I, I said the other day, 
why not try and have a little push for promotion like the, for um, playoffs as well? We're we're twelve points off, and you know we've got but one game in hand over some of the teams above. And I'm thinking if we can put a little run together, if we beat Barnsley as well, why not have a little have a little go at a run at the end of the season and see where it takes us as well. Yeah, yeah. After that is the last four games of the season. I can't believe how quickly it's all gone, but yeah, we'll be, wish, well, we'll be seeing this season off in just, well, two months now, less than that, month and a half. But those games are against Bristol City, Middlesbrough, Rotherham and QPR, which uh, Bristol City, Middlesbrough and QPR are all teams that are like us. Uh, don't seem to be threatening the playoff places, but at the same time, not threatened by relegation. Rotherham, again, that could be another, well, I don't want to say opportunity because it's not like we'll get much out of it, but an opportunity to relegate them. But yeah, I don't, I, we don't have any bad blood with Rotherham. So yeah, I, I, they're a team that are doing the right things. They're, they're sort of on a small budget. I, I would like to see them stay up. I'd like to see one of the big dogs go down to be fair yeah i'm not i'm not really too bothered about rotherham i uh but they've got they're only on 34 games compared to everyone else's you know 38 37 so i mean that could be a bit of a banana skin for us as well if we obviously only only in just losing and you know maybe losing a few positions but not going like near relegation and but yeah i think that that could be a really tough game because if they come out come out from the uh, international break flying then you know and we we go into it kind of, kind of complacent thinking that we should be and then there could be a, a big problem there yeah and la- last thing we've got up here is the derby county preview and we've pretty much gone through that with um sort of the looking into the game looking into their form but one thing i wanted to flag up was that was when sluga for me had his worst game at pride park last season which was where I don't know if you remember, Stephen, but when the ball yeah. went under his feet and then the second goal where Tom Lawrence's cross went straight in yeah, at his near post as well, which makes it even worse. But he's, yeah. he's, come up, he's come on so much since then. So, yeah, it would be a oh, yeah. chance for redemption, really, at a, at a ground that he'll want to perform well at. Yeah, it'll be good to put those uh, demons behind him as well. But I, I wasn't there, so I didn't really... You know, take too much notice of it. Obviously, I saw the replays and I was thinking, what the actual. But yeah, I, I just think he's probably gonna he's gonna want to put those demons behind him as well. And this could be nice without fans there as well. So you know, it'll be quite easy for him to do so. I should, I, I believe, and they're not in the greatest form. So yeah. I think a good chance for him to put the demons behind him and, you know, completely forget about all the mistakes last season and just, you know, carry on growing. Yeah, because with Derby as well, they're the only the only team to score fewer goals than them this season is Wickham. So just highlights how badly they have been doing this season. For a club like Derby, who should be chasing promotion year on year, they should be sort of knocking on the Premier League's door, but they're they're not. They're confined to this relegation battle, and surprising, but at the same time, they're there for a reason. And yeah. on that note, Stephen, we'll um, we'll end it on a score prediction because 
we need to start recording sort recording what we say because I don't remember I don't remember if anyone gets it right each week no you had one near the start of the season uh, not start of the season start of this podcast but yeah so what I mean, do you reckon? for the uh, prediction league that we do I um I predict one nil against Preston happened so I know we didn't uh, get that in with uh, Simon but yeah I predict one nil but and I've got quite a few. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm like in the top 25 of that league, so I'm pretty proud of that. Hopefully, I can make a little uh, push for for the top top 10. Um, I'm well, way at Derby. I'm going to say two one two on us. Us to score our first two away goals of the season. That'd be that'd be nice. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with the one nil. I think we've won seven games this year away from home one nil, and I think we're going to make it in eighth. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and make sure to follow the Oak Road Hatter account on Twitter and to follow the podcast on Spotify. Um, yeah, we're loving making these podcasts and yeah, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to the international listeners as well. I wasn't, yeah. wasn't expecting yeah, to hear America. Obviously, Scandinavia with our, with our um, the Scandinavian hatters group over, over in Norway and all that. I you know, sort of expected that we might get a few listeners from them. But America, I'm very surprised with it. So, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. And another big thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech for the music to our podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.